Hey everybody, you're listening to the Clearer Thinking Podcast from Grace Valley Church in Dundas. I'm your host, Paul Vandenbrink, the lead pastor of Grace Valley Church. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Clearer Thinking. Uh, as you probably know, uh, we didn't have a podcast last week. I was on vacation last week, had a week off, uh, just relaxing and enjoying uh, some time with Jessica, my wife, and hanging out. Even got to go golfing once, even though there was sleet falling at one point during the round. Uh, it was a good time. I uh, got to uh, spend some time with a little baby that we were taking care of for a couple days and enjoyed that. But now I am back in the podcast chair, and I'm also back in the saddle at church, ready to get back to it. Uh, listen, to uh, listen, everybody, uh, before I get started... I've been thinking a lot about the the podcast and how to make it uh, a little more effective, a little more interesting, a little more informative. I think it's been okay so far, but um, there's always ways to improve it. And been talking with the staff as well about how to do that. And just so you know, um, the Clearer Thinking podcast may be going undergoing an overhaul pretty soon. Um, and if you really like the format that it takes right now, you can let us know. Just email Kate, office at gracevalleychurch.ca. Let us know that you like this format, that you want us to keep going with this format, um, because uh, your feedback is what drives um, decisions that we make uh, around the podcast. But if you're also someone who's had some ideas about how we can improve the podcast and make it better going forward, maybe change the format somehow, we would love to hear from you as well. So don't be afraid to share your uh, ideas, your input. Again, you can email Kate, office at gracevalleychurch.ca with those ideas. Um, But it could be that uh, we don't have a podcast in its current format again. Uh, maybe next week things will be different. Uh, maybe we will take an extended break. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, uh, but I want to let you know that that is in the works, and we'd love your input uh, moving forward, going along, um, to figure out how to better do this, you know, and make it more effective, maybe reach more people. Uh, we know that there's a lot of podcasts out there already, so why do we need another one? We're not exactly sure. And so we want to make sure that uh, we use our time wisely, use our talents wisely, use our resources wisely. So let us know what you think. Um, your feedback would be really much appreciated. Now, getting to today's topic, listen, uh, for the last two weeks, if you listen to the sermons or if you've been coming to church at Grace Valley, you know that you've heard sermons on the Holy Spirit. And as Mark mentioned on Sunday, we don't we don't talk an awful lot about the Holy Spirit, do we? At least in the Reformed tradition, we don't. Uh, there are other traditions that do talk a lot about the Holy Spirit, like Pentecostal traditions, uh, for example, especially charismatic Pentecostal traditions. Um, but a lot of the church actually doesn't. Uh, even, even the great creeds of the church don't spend a ton of time talking about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Think about this. The Apostles' Creed... The Apostles' Creed, this is the oldest creed, the most popular creed in Christendom. Uh, What it says, after it spends a lot of time talking about Jesus, it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, etc., etc., etc. The Holy Spirit gets one line, 
One line. That's it. Only one line for the second person of the Trinity, for God. Now, why is that? How come the, the Holy Spirit doesn't seem to get much airtime, get much attention in the Christian tradition? Or at least that's what it looks like. Well, you know, it does make some sense, actually, because the focus of the gospel, like the focus of the whole New Testament, is on Jesus, on his life and his ministry, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. And it makes even more sense uh, when you understand that the Bible's teaching on the Holy Spirit points out that his job is actually to exalt Jesus. So the New Testament itself speaks a lot about Jesus, and the, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, according to the New Testament, is to speak a lot about Jesus. His role in the whole history of redemption is to glorify the Son by applying his work and his teaching to believers. Uh, there's actually a, a book about the work of the Holy Spirit called The Shy Member of the Trinity. And the point of the title is simply to highlight that the Holy Spirit prefers not to draw attention to himself. He loves to draw your attention to Jesus. Um, as I said a couple of weeks ago, the Holy Spirit takes Jesus' glory and he makes it known to us. He works to show off Jesus to us. You could almost say to boast about Jesus to us in order to make us fall in love with Jesus more and more. Uh, some of you may have heard of a, a man by the name of J.I. Packer. He was a, a great Anglican theologian who actually just died uh, relatively recently. Anyway, he said, that the way the Holy Spirit works is kind of like this. You know, um, imagine you're walking along a street at night and you turn a corner and you come across this beautiful old building, like a church or something, and it's all lit up by floodlights. Like, um, I'm thinking, for example, if you're driving down the 403 heading eastbound, um, you'll, you'll go past Christ the Cathedral or Christ the King Cathedral off of Dundurn. You can see it from the 403 and it's always lit up at night by all these floodlights. Now, the first thing you do or, or the first thing you do not do is think to yourself, wow, what wonderful floodlights. In fact, you might not even notice the floodlights, right? Maybe you don't even know where they are. They could be hidden behind bushes or behind a, a, a wall or something like that. The work of the Holy Spirit is not to make you say, hey, I have the Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to make Jesus beautiful to you, more beautiful to you than he was the minute before. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. He works like these floodlights. He sheds light on Jesus so that you can see him better. In John chapter 14, Jesus says something very interesting to his to his disciples about this. He's, he's talking about leaving. He says, I'm going to leave. And what he means by that is his ascension. Like, I'm going to leave permanently. I'm going to go back to the Father. And then he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's in John 14, verse 18. It's kind of weird. He says, I'm leaving, but I won't leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. And it sounds kind of like a contradiction, right? I'm leaving but I'll come to you. And a little further down in the chapter, he says, the one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. I'm going to 
show myself to those who love me. But he's leaving. But he's coming? What's What in the world is he talking about? Well, Jesus is talking about Pentecost, okay? Um, March, Mark uh, preached about that on Sunday, uh, about the, the moment of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And Jesus is saying in this passage, he's saying, look, I will come to you, I will show myself to you through the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit enters a person and they become a follower of Jesus, that means that Jesus himself is with them through the Holy Spirit. And he shows himself to them by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, it's the floodlight. Now, the thing I wanted to touch on a little bit more today um, was this idea of the Holy Spirit as an advocate. A couple weeks ago, I preached from John chapter 16 where I said that Jesus told his disciples he was going to send to them the Holy Spirit, um, which the NIV in the 1984 translation of the NIV translated that word counselor, right? And I said that that word used there for counselor describing the Holy Spirit, parakaleo, is a tricky word to translate. So it's been translated as comforter, as helper, as counselor, and as advocate. And I said that I really liked the word counselor at that time because it gets across the idea that the Holy Spirit both sympathizes with us in our situation, but also tells us the truth, speaks actual objective truth to us in our situation. And that's what a good counselor does, right? They can enter our situation and understand things from our perspective and sympathize with us, but then they also tell us truth in order to deal with the situation we find ourselves in. And, then I, and I like that. I really do. Now, the NIV uh, 2011 version, so the updated version, actually translates the word there not as counselor, but as advocate. It's a different word. But I, I like that too. And here's why. Think about this. When you're in legal trouble, what do you do? You call a lawyer, right? You hire a lawyer and you use the lawyer to defend you in court. But back then, that's not what they did. Not back in Jesus' day. Back then, what you did when you were in legal trouble was you went to your best friend, someone who knows you really, really well, who knows your character, okay? Someone who can vouch for you and you take them along to court and they vouch for you with the judge. And that person would be your advocate, okay? Now, the Bible says that Jesus is our advocate. But it also says that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. The Bible says that Jesus is our advocate before the Father. So, in 1 John 2, it says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So here, here's the picture. Jesus, our best friend, okay, he makes our legal case to the Father. He says, hey, this person sinned. Yes, it's true, but I paid the debt for that sin, so you must not hold that sin against them. So he argues our case with the Father. 
But the Holy Spirit is also our advocate as our best friend, and he vouches for us too. So who is he vouching for us in front of? If Jesus is doing it with the Father, who in the world is the Holy Spirit doing it with? And the answer is us. Now you might say to yourself, well, why do we need that? Well, one of the things the Bible says about Satan is that he is the accuser. He is like a prosecuting attorney, okay? Satan loves to point out your guilt. He loves to point out your failures, your past sins. He loves to remind you about how undeserving of salvation you are. He loves to remind you of all the ways you've blown it. You know, I have encountered many people who, even though they have been forgiven, because they're Christians, they are, even though they know in their heads that they're forgiven, they still carry guilt for these past sins. And that's partly because Satan loves to remind us of them. And the Holy Spirit, he comes along as our ultimate friend and he advocates on our behalf to us. Romans 8 verse 16. This is a great verse to remember and to memorize. Romans 8 verse 16 says, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are his child. You hear that? The Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are his child. He bears witness. He is the star witness arguing with you that you are forgiven, that you are a child of God. So that you can not just know you're forgiven in your head, but you can feel it. You can experience that forgiveness. You can believe it in such a way that you actually live as though you are forgiven without the weight of guilt on your shoulders anymore. Uh, there's this great old hymn called His Be the Victor's Name. Listen to what it says. It says, Well may the accuser roar of sins that I have done. I know them all and thousands more and Jehovah knoweth none. That truth is what the Holy Spirit impresses upon your hearts. Now, listen. One of the things that has happened to a lot of people during COVID is that they have had to make really hard decisions around their kids and how to navigate restrictions and uh, socializing and stuff with young kids and with older kids. So you have their social lives to think about, you know. What should I let them do? What shouldn't I let them do? How is this going to affect their mental health? How is this going to affect their spiritual health? And then on top of that, you have school, you know, at-home learning uh, for another long stretch is upon us. And uh, many people have two working parents uh, in the home and kids that need an education, and they're just wondering how in the world are they going to get things done while they're learning at home? And so they're asking questions. Okay, should I take my kids out of school? Is that even realistic? What, you know, could they fall behind in their education? What would the long-term effects of, of just saying, fine, they're going to miss the last couple of months of school, maybe they'll even miss a few credits, 
What are the long-term effects of decisions like that? These are, these are not easy decisions. And there is tons, tons of guilt going around. You know, just the other day, I was talking to someone who said that they cannot help but regularly think about all the ways they've screwed up as a mom. You know, uh, today I was, I was short with my child. I, I had a short temper or I was, I was kind of neglectful of their needs or I, I didn't put um, their education uh, as, as, a, you know, as high a priority in my list of things to do as I should have. And they're just constantly second-guessing second guessing themselves and questioning whether they're a good mom. And that's the devil, man. That's Satan. He's whispering to you constantly that you're, you're not what you should be. And you're not what you ought to be. And you're not what God wants you to be. He's constantly saying that to you. But you see, here's the Holy Spirit and he's your advocate, okay? He's your advocate. You don't have to be your own advocate. You don't have to stand up to the devil and say, yes, I am. I'm fine. I'm okay. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit, he comes along. He testifies with your spirit that you are a child of God. He's the one who comes along and says to you, you know what, child? You are loved by your father. You are forgiven by your father. You are his. And he does not see a failure. What he sees is his beautiful, spotless child through Jesus Christ. You know, when you read the Bible, when you pray, when you listen to sermons or, or a podcast like this, or when you listen to worship music, whenever the Holy Spirit vouches for you, to you. And you need that. <laughs> you need that. Well may the accuser roar of sins that I have done. I know them all and thousands more. And Jehovah knoweth none. Hey, friends, that's it for this week's edition of the Clearer Thinking Podcast. I'm Paul Vandenbrink, your host. Uh, I thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.